Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in to Chords and Courts. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Cavanaugh. This is going to be a new podcast where Basically, we look at the intersection of music and sports. You know, you hear it all the time with athletes always want to be musicians and musicians always want to be the all-stars. You look at a guy like Jay Cole, who is chasing his dreams, even though he's right at the top, he's at the pinnacle of the music industry, something that's so, so hard to get to. And yet he's still chasing those dreams of playing on the hardwood, even going all the way over to Africa and playing for a team in Rwanda just to live out that dream. You see it all the time going back and forth. And that's kind of what we're going to look at in this podcast, really study how these two genres and these two worlds might seem so far apart. You know, there's not a lot of people who are super, super into music who love sports. And the other way around, a lot of people think of them as, you know, very separate entities. But I think if you really study it and you really look at the people involved in these things, there's a lot of intersect. You see a lot of times super fans are musicians on the sidelines. They're always on the court side, you know being the first ones to spend that money because they just love the game. And then the other way around where there's a lot of athletes who aren't afraid, you know, to jump in the crowd with a bunch of people just because they love music. So that's really what we're going to look at this podcast, just the inner section of those two genres. And to do that, we're going to start with this first episode with my man, Danny Burke from VEASAN. Uh, you can catch him on Monday through Friday, the rush hour on VEASAN and bet on Chicago, another show where he focuses on his hometown sports teams of Chicago Bring you in, Danny, my former colleague over at VEASAN. Obviously, you have a little bit more of a sports background like me, where our sports career ended a little bit earlier than we would have liked, but we've still made sports our world and have found a way to connect to music as well. So, Danny, how's it going? It's going good, my man. I appreciate you having me on. And, you know, I'm very excited to kind of get into this because you're right. You know, all these things kind of interlace in the sense that, especially when it comes to, you know, hip hop more specifically with guys like, like you mentioned, J Cole, the perfect example is of late. And I mean, you just talk about, you hear it on rap songs and stuff too. Like, you know, rappers want to be athletes, athletes want to be rappers. And I was actually thinking of this the other day, Sean, and, and let me know if you recall, but I think it was like LeBron James, maybe not his rookie year, but when he was younger, maybe it's when they were going to the Olympics, he was really young. It was him and maybe I, not Kevin Durant, but someone else, there's like three of them and they recorded a rap song and it was obviously just yes. the most awful <laughs> thing of all time. But for some reason that popped into my mind the other night and I was like, wow, I need to find that video. But it, it's funny because it's true because, you know, once you reach the pinnacle of so-and-so sport or as being a musician, I feel like you become friends with these people and you're like, man, that lifestyle would be fun too. So it's always kind of interesting to see those two types of people kind of get together and, you know, want to get into the other venture. Obviously, it's a lot harder for the musician to do it to the athlete rather than vice versa, you would think. But, you know, it's still just two big aspects that are very exciting and, you know, our favorite things. Yeah, exactly. And the two things we're probably most passionate about and you see that we're not alone. You, My friend who uh, his dad's a musician and recording had a recording studio down here in Orlando. And he said he used to get guys from the magic just come through to try and, you know, record songs and record raps. And Vince Carter was just in his house one day trying to record an album. And it's not like that ever gets anywhere, but these guys love it so much that, like we said, they're at the peak. You think, oh, their world's set. They don't want anything, but they're still chasing these dreams. And then for all those guys like Vince Carter, who don't get things released, you still have, and like Kobe Bryant, who has some album out there that 
we kind of don't really talk about because it's not great, but he's still trying. He's still out there. A guy like Shaq who has, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how well he sold, but he definitely had multiple, multiple albums. And then all the way up to the guy like Dane Dollar who's doing it. And even in commercials as a rapper instead of a basketball player sometimes. So these two worlds are really, really more connected than I think you a lot of people might expect on the surface because the skill sets are so different. So I kind of want to just jump right into the conversation, Danny. And my idea for this podcast, start off with the same question, going to ask every guest. When you were playing sports, so for you, high school, football, and basketball, right? Uh, yeah, in high school, it kind of like, it kind of went with a few. I mean, basketball, you know, naturally got cut short, pun intended, I guess you could <laughs> say because of my height. But I mean, basketball is still like one of my favorite sports to play. But baseball and football were really the main ones throughout high school. Okay, so I guess you can answer this with each sport specific. But when you were back in those days, you're riding the bus, you're in the pregame warmups, you had the headphones in. What was the last pump up song you listened to? What was the go to one? The last one before you took the field, before you had to finally let go of the music? What was the last one you always listened to to get ready? So I wrote I wrote a few down because I'd like to switch it up a lot. But I think probably the number one, I will say, is Till I Collapse by Eminem. Now, you have oh, to remember classic. kind of like, yes, you have to remember like the era we were in and what we grew up in and like the Eminem songs like Lose Yourself, Till I Collapse. Those were like two at the top for sure that were like the pump up ones. But oh, Till sure. I Collapse is probably a little bit more than Lose Yourself. Um, that was always like the last one right before we're going in. And, you know, speaking of football, so we got to like choose our walkout song, obviously Friday nights getting pumped. And we kind of had a couple different ones that uh, we did, which were awesome. And you wouldn't think like that it would be necessarily. But when you're walking into the environment, all the adrenaline going, the fans going crazy. uh, The bad boys theme song from the show Cops is just absolutely filthy. That is so sick to walk into. It just gets you going. And then uh, Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. That's kind of a low-key one, oh. too, that gets you going. So Interesting those if you are... really dive into the lyrics for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're thinking more of, like, the music and kind of Mick Jagger right. howling in the background. <laughs> then the lyrics of that one really gets you pumped up. It's yeah. like a yeah, revolutionary like war song. But <laughs> Exactly. Okay. And then there's one that kind of I always thought about. And I was like, because sometimes I'll think, oh, this would have been a sick walkout song. I don't think anyone talks about this, but this one's kind of a little bit more random. But um, The Ends by Travis Scott. Now, this was from his album back in 2016. Birds in the Trap Sting by McKnight, I think is what the album was. But this yeah. song is like not one of the most popular ones by any means. But something about kind of the music and how it switches halfway through and right when it clicks, I feel like that would be a sick point to just like sprint out of the tunnel to that. I've, I've always kind of thought that. But those are those are probably like the quickest ones that came off the top of my head. I mean, you know, there's a lot of them out there, but definitely at the top, it's Eminem for sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, I know it's a podcast, but you see our skin tone. Of course, back in high school, <laughs> you and I were two guys who knew every word to lose yourself. Who knew probably to this day still know every word to mm-hmm. lose yourself until I collapse in a couple of those Eminem songs. I remember actually just the other day, <laughs> like we were... Uh, driving back from the beach or something, just throwing on a bunch of throwbacks and my buddy dropped forever. The, uh, again, a song that connects music and sports, oh, a right. song that Drake, Kanye, Lil Wayne and Eminem. Ass- I literally put that for- on like two weeks ago. The same thing is like, wow, I haven't heard this song in like eight years. And yeah. And I could recite like every word. Dude, I do all yeah. four verses, <laughs> every word from Drake all the way down to Eminem is basically like the Mount Rushmore rap at that time. I'll still yes. argue to this day, those four, all the new guys who have come up since then, maybe you can throw Kendrick, maybe J. Cole 
maybe Travis is getting there, but I still say no one has really reached the pinnacle that those four were at, especially at that time. And the only one to get them together was LeBron James, right? A documentary mm-hmm. about LeBron coming through high school. And that's what gathered all these guys together in a way that you could probably never do again. So again, it shows that intersection of how sports really connects people and like these rappers who are mega, mega stars. We're talking about those four, especially at that time, were bigger than a lot of rock stars at that point. That was kind of the transition where rappers became, you know, super mainstream. Could All those guys could headline everything from Coachella mm-hmm. to Lollapalooza to uh, stadiums around the world. And they come together on a song just because of LeBron. And I think that's definitely one of the ones that I threw on my playlist to go to pump up. It just was like one of those songs back then. It's kind of like those high energy rap songs where it has a hook to it. So you vibe a little bit, but it builds and goes. I think that was the main key to my pump up playlist was a bunch of songs that kind of like, you know, started slow and then always had that build up at the end. Um, And then also, too, I think mixed in some like rock. I don't know if that was just me. I know a lot of people, if you like made the playlist for the group, for the team that was going through the loudspeaker, like you said, maybe you throw in Gimme Shelter. Maybe that's because you were some um, with some Midwest people who kind of trend that direction a little bit more. But I definitely knew when I was making the playlist for the team, there were some things that I would include myself, like some Black Keys or something that was just straight up, maybe some Led Zeppelin that was, you know, a little bit more straight up rock that you wouldn't really play for like the whole mainstream. But I agree with you there. I think our players were obviously pretty similar. I wanted to go back to what you said, Dan. What do you think? Have you noticed maybe it's a pro player or maybe there's somebody that you played with or just going to a bunch of baseball games like you have throughout your life? What is one of the best walk up songs you've heard of? Because you see a lot of times where guys, you know, get creative with it. Sometimes it applies directly to them. Sometimes they're playing jokes. Sometimes, a um, you know, a park will do something to kind of mock the other guys. What's an example of a walk up song where you notice we're like, wow, this the music is adding to the element of the game in a way that it wouldn't be there that wouldn't give you that moment without music. Well, I'm not going to say baby shark because that was the most <laughs> annoying thing of all time with who is it? Uh, whoever on the nationals was yeah. doing it or yeah. Phillies, whatever team it was. Yeah, it was definitely not. Yeah. So <laughs> absolutely not to that. Um, there, I think UFC is a great example of guys coming out to music. That's one of the coolest things, right? I mean, Conor McGregor always coming out to big sure. popper or something with notorious BIG. So that's always pretty sick. Um, just speaking on experience from like, you know, always going to Cubs games, you know, Anthony Rizzo has come out for like, as long as he's pretty, since the songs came out, he comes out to the song intoxicated. So every time it goes out, everybody's clapping along. Cause he's like, bump, 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 bump. So like everybody's clapping along with it every time he goes up to bat. So, you know, when Rizzo's up and the fan starts, you know, kind of paying attention and getting more geared up. So that's not necessarily like one where you're like locked in, let's go. It's more like an interactive and everybody's getting excited and jacked up because Rizzo's coming up the bat. True. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm trying to think of the uh, there was one recently where it was kind of ruthless. Like I forgot which some player got in trouble and they played a song that was like really related to like the little scandal that was building around him. I forgot what it was, but it was kind of like a, almost a subtweet and instance, but I love when baseball teams do that and just kind of, you know, when the professional teams like Dan Levitar says this all the time, we see it a lot on social media now where the professional teams don't act professional. You know, they kind of take right. that little step out there where you're like, Oh, I don't know if that was okay. But then you remember it's sports. And also too, like if they're using music in a way it's sports and music, like these are things that are supposed to be fun. And when you take it too seriously, you kind of lose sight of 
a lot of times the greatness that is being in front of you, especially at these levels where, you know, we're talking the peak of music and the peak of sports, like we we're talking about with that forever song with LeBron and guys like Kanye and Eminem, where it's the, I think they're so, so they're so attracted to like the greatness and you can see how when you're at the peak of one or the other, there's still an easy connection because when like Kobe did a lot, he always wanted to attract and hang around people who are trying to be the best at what they do. And I think that's kind of what you see a lot with music and sports is these people are at the pinnacle and they want to be attracted. They are attracted to other people who are also at the pinnacle. I just love when those things cross. And then also too, when you can mix in a little humor in a way that only music can, you know, you're not even saying anything. You're just playing a song and everybody gets the joke because of all the little insides to it. And it's just perfect. So, yeah, I mean, and, and just really quick, an example I was thinking of, too. I mean, you think about Travis Scott and James Harden with there on the rock. It's like Travis Scott's being such a big advocator for the team like them. And then obviously with the Astros a little bit, regardless of the scandal, uh, just think about the song, John Wall, how revolutionary that was yeah. when we were growing up John in middle school, everybody Wall. doing the John Wall. You never heard for those guys again, but like <laughs> everybody knows that song to heart. And like, that was just like the biggest one that came out and arguably still could be one of the biggest, uh, biggest revolving around an athlete. Yeah, exactly. And going off of that, I know that's obviously a moment I'm sure you might have had the same thing where that song comes on in a bar or a club and everybody starts doing it and you kind of immediately takes you back to that time. But on the flip side of that, what's one of your favorite memories that you had maybe at a sporting event where music was involved? Maybe it's I don't want to lead you in a certain direction, but it could be something that's repeated often. Like every time you hear that song at a certain event, you're like, all right, I know the crowd's about to get super pumped up right now or is it a specific one where you just kind of had a connection um where the music stood out almost more than the sporting event you were watching 100 percent. there's two perfect examples here in chicago it's go cubs go with the cubs every time they win you know especially after the world series uh someday we'll go all the way uh that's always a good one um that that was just that's just more of an emotional one too And, you know, Eddie Vedder being a big Cubs fan himself, like just doing that was great. So that was always fun to listen to. That's like a song I always post on opening day, you know, because of the Cubs and just someday we'll go all the way. That's always a cool one. Um, And then besides the Cubs, Chelsea Dagger for the Blackhawks has to be top dog, has to be top notch. I mean, you go to a Blackhawks game, just absolutely electric. You don't even have to be at a game. You could be at a bar, you could be with friends and you play that after every goal or after a game and you just go nuts. Like, the impact that song and like how the crowd has made that is incredible. Like even when I was, you know, cause I went to the university of Nebraska and at our parties, we would just, because there's a bunch of Chicago kids, a lot of guys from our area there. So we would just randomly throw the song on in the middle of a party and like everybody just go nuts, you know, throwing your drinks everywhere. And it would be disastrous, but it was hilarious because everybody would just get so rowdy. So it's one of those songs that instantly click and you know how to behave because of what happens at the United center when they played for the Blackhawks. So that's probably like the coolest one to just go nuts for and just brings you so much nostalgia with it. Yeah. Shout out to the Fratellis. I remember when that song was going on back in those, I mean, I can't even say it's a specific time because the Blackhawks went on such a run. But anytime mm-hmm. the playoffs were coming, like immediately hearing that chant, it was like, there has to be a song. Like, what song is that? And finding that song and it being, I'm pretty sure back in the, those days, it was on like my top 25 most played on iTunes, you know, because it's yeah. just so catchy. Like I wasn't even a Blackhawks fan, but it's so catchy. Just da, 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 da. And yeah. just how it gets the whole crowd hyped. Like obviously they're hyped because you score a goal. But you take the music involved and it just takes it to that next level where mm-hmm. the, the celebrations extended. You know, if there's a goal, you, everybody yells. And once you run out of yelling, 
you kind of, you know, maybe you get a little loud, but it's not as synchronized. And then when you throw in that chant, everybody's kind of in the same unison and it just drags it out and keeps that energy going into the next one. You know, if they scored right away again, the place would just blow up. So I love that one. And Chicago, so such as a deep history in both music and sports. And when I was kind of thinking about ideas for today and just this podcast in general, there was a lot where I thought of and specifically to Chicago. So I'm going to pose this question to you, Danny. You only get one choice. If you had to only pick one of some music that's connected to Chicago, I don't know if it's one of the Bears songs. I forgot what it's called. I know they have one because they're an ancient team, kind of like the Eagles song. You guys just don't get to play it very much. It's not famous because you guys never win. <laughs> uh, or you got the Super Bowl shuffle. That kind of counts. Bear down Chicago Bears is what you're thinking for the yeah. original one. <laughs> <laughs> you have the, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. But like the the intro for the Bulls with Michael Jordan back in the day. Oh, right, the, right, right. What's it? The Alan Parsons Project song. Mm-hmm. You have Chelsea Dagger for the Blackhawks. You have some Pearl Jam or Eddie Vedder related song, whichever one you want to choose for the Cubs. You have multiple for the Cubs. You have the one, the Cubs go when you fly the W. You also mm-hmm. have the, um, the seventh inning stretch, take me out to the ball game at Wrigley. So you only get, I don't think the White Sox have any cool names or the Chicago Fire. I apologize if you guys have no. a, an anthem, <laughs> any cool supporter drum beats, but those are kind of the ones I thought of specifically for Chicago. You're born and bred in the midway city so you only get one which one's the best one from all of those ah man it's it's well it's tough because like me personally the cubs were like my absolute number one team growing up and like literally my childhood room is painted wrigley field and like you know when i was a kid and the cubs had lost in the playoffs i I would be brought to tears that's how (laughs) emotional i was about the team and like the blackhawks again with chelsea dagger it's so rowdy and it's so cool but like i think at the end of the day I think I have to go with go Cubs go, because if you think about it from like a partying kind of perspective to like Chelsea dagger, awesome. Yeah. You're in like an inside environment bar, you know, the game, whatever it may be. I've only been, I think I've only been a one or two Blackhawks games, honestly, because they're more expensive, you know, is the better they got in Cubs games. It's just an, such a great atmosphere being outside on the rooftop or at the bars. And even when you're just watching a game, kind of doing some day drinking with friends and you throw the song on. And once you hear that first chorus, you're getting ready to go and sing along and you know, you're about to have a good night or rest of your day because the Cubs won. So I think it would have to be go Cubs go because also that's, you know, specifically unique to the Cubs, right? I mean, Chelsea dagger is a song in itself that the Blackhawks adopted as their own, but go Cubs go is one that was just, originally made for them in itself so i think that's got to be numero uno for me that's fair that day that they won the world series that game seven how many times did you hear that song that night i honestly i countless i mean you know at that point you probably just tuned it out and was just you know I'll be honest. I mean, the latter half of the night, I probably didn't remember (laughs) most of it, but (laughs) I definitely heard it so much. And then you're just, you know, I was going home from the city because I drove back from Nebraska, drove the eight hours that Thursday night, uh, took all my quizzes and exams that day, hustled, picked up some buddies in Iowa City along the way, made it there during the first inning to the city and just like. I, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And then doing that and then going to the parade on Saturday, just nonstop hearing it and like on the train home. And it was incredible. I mean, top things, of course, that I've ever been involved in, no doubt about it. But yeah, that song just played on repeat the whole time. 
for the rest just, of the year, honestly. Yeah, I can just imagine like anytime it's kind of just become second nature. Like you stop conversation, mid conversation, just have mm-hmm. to say the words, you have to throw in the go Cubs go, no matter what you're doing. And it's not even like annoying anymore. You know, like sometimes when Sweet Caroline comes on somewhere, and that's another one that has some connections. Yeah, but like um, <laughs> the word Sweet Caroline comes on somewhere, people you know like stop, and half the people are annoyed, half the people are into it. Depends on the alcohol level. Depends on the yes, racial diversity sure. in the room. But I feel like for that one, it's never annoying, especially that year. It's just, all right, everybody has to stop. We have to get in because the Cubs finally Sweet, Sweet Caroline's up. only annoying when someone plays it too early at the party. You're like, yeah, of course, here it goes again, like whatever. But yeah, you got to wait till everybody's in the right mood of it because that song's one, obviously, that gets overplayed wherever you are. But if you yeah. hit it at the right spot, then it then it's going to click anytime. Yeah, that's what it all depends on the setting, right? So that comes on in Fenway and I'm like, oh my God, yes, finally I get to sing. Right. I'm at Fenway. The only time I've ever been at Fenway, I get to sing the song and I'm excited for it. You know, then we go to a football game back at Carolina where I went to school and it gets twisted a little bit. You know, it's close. It almost fits. So they play it a bunch and you're like, it's third quarter. We're down 21. I don't really want to play what do people song say right sweet now? carolina is that what you say instead no they say they say sweet caroline but i'm just saying it's like a stretch of like okay it kind of fits yeah but it's like <laughs> not really right not authentic it's just an excuse for everyone to go bump 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 which i mean that part's undeniably fun to do but the rest of the song sometimes especially if you're losing mm-hmm. is not always the most fun but speaking of that tradition i know chicago has a very very rich sports tradition but not so much on the college things. Sorry to Northwestern. They're out in Evanston. They don't have a really rich tradition of anything besides just their snarky journalists on Twitter telling everybody <laughs> how great they are. But I think Chicago is probably a Notre Dame town. And that's a Notre Dame yep. um, school that has a lot of tradition. They have one of the best fight songs ever. It's pretty iconic if you follow college sports. You, like me, went to a big school where at least – Sports mattered in a way that's kind of psychotic to some people. You know, they have all the pageantry. People on Saturdays in Lincoln would fill up Memorial Stadium almost. I think that place seats almost 100,000 now in a way that is just absolutely mind boggling, especially with how relatively unsuccessful Nebraska has been in the past few years. But people are still there day in, day out. And I think oh, the cool part about college is a lot of the times it's not even so much about the game, you know, because if you think about it, Half these guys aren't going pro. They're not even the best level of the sport. They're 18 to 22 year olds. Mm -hmm. And people get so into it because of all the, like everyone likes to say, the pageantry that's built up around it. And a lot of that comes from music and the songs and the ways that people, you know, kind of sing together, the ways that unite around the stadium. So I don't know if there's one, if you're going to be biased, I understand. I can't really think of any cool Nebraska ones. So if you want to enlighten me, but what's one of the best college fight songs or song traditions you think of? Because you're a guy like me who just follows college sports for our entire lives. Been playing NCAA football back when the video game was still a thing where we know fight songs for colleges that we never even went to or knew any family there. So what's one, if you had to pick one, the best one throughout the nation? I do think it's got to be Notre Dame for me. I grew up a Notre Dame fan, but even unbiased wise, it's Notre Dame. Michigan also has a pretty good one, to be completely honest. So that's yeah. showing how I'm unbiased there, saying it is a you know past Notre Dame fan. Um, this isn't necessarily their song, but a tradition. Isn't it South Carolina that does Enter Sandman at, at no, the beginning so of it? 
South Carolina does Sandstorm, or Sandstorm, where they jingle all the keys. Virginia Tech does Inner Sandman on night games when they come out of the tunnel. Okay. The rock. So which one's more electric then? Which one am I thinking of? I think. I would say, I think Virginia Tech. Yeah, I think it's Sandstorm, right? No, that's the more electric. Sandstorm's like the dun 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I'm probably right. going to get sued okay, how okay. much I'm singing on this podcast. But, and then Enter Sandman, Metallica, probably famously litigious is the yeah. do, 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 do. And then the Virginia Tech comes out and they hit the rock That's and true. everyone goes rock, goes crazy. That's they right. just haven't been in a lot of primetime games lately either. <laughs> yeah. I know Sandstorm would be awesome to, to do once, I think. Like Enter Sandman, sick. Like that is absolutely nuts. But I feel like in that environment, like doing Sandstorm, which is already a party song. And if you're a drunk college kid in that in that setting, I feel like that would just be absolutely insane. But I mean, they're both epic. But yeah, that would be nuts too. But that's not obviously, you know, like a traditional song. But I think so. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, honestly, Notre Dame's probably got to be top tier for me. Yeah, it's kind of a simple answer because you already alluded to it. But I mean, honestly, like you think of college, that's the first one that comes to my mind. I mean, yeah, too. And the way they run out and this little touchdown, Jesus, no, mm-hmm. and the Golden Domes, no one else can claim any of those things. That is something that's very unique to there. And their fight song is even if you don't know the words, you still know the tune. Even if you're rooting against Notre Dame that day, you still start if they score a touchdown. Like, duh, 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 duh. like if you're a college mm-hmm. sports fan, you know just kind of that beat and you know everything that comes with it whether you love it or hate it especially if you're the generation before us where you probably really love Notre Dame or really hate Notre Dame and still have those kind of deep connections to it where that music always comes across in a way that stands out especially in a in a world or in a landscape that has so many different traditions and some good some bad you know kind of look at Texas where they have an iconic song and you look back at some of the history of it and like, Oh, we don't really know how we should think about these things. But even then they still kind of have a way of unifying people. And it's interesting how it kind of goes through history where maybe in the beginning, it wasn't always the best intentions. Maybe some of the lyrics kind of are problematic, but the music part of it still had a way of connecting people and now we're retweaking them in a way where we don't want to lose that unification. We just want to, you know, progress it into the next age, progress it into an era where we're trying to be more unified. And it's one of the things that I think is crazy about sports where these conversations come up because sports are the one thing where people throw out kind of their biases, at least on the surface to you to root for one thing, you know, it's kind of messed up a lot, but it's kind of weird, right? How, you know, to throw out like Utah fans or something where people say, okay, they might be a very, very hostile crowd, right? Where the road team goes in and feels not unsafe, but they feel like, wow, these Utah fans are really giving it to us in some ways that might be racially charged or not. And then they still find a way to root for, you know, their own players in a way that kind of just makes them blind to a lot. So I think if we kind of, these are two things where people kind of throw away their biases, just, to feel that emotion and their connections to sports and race and not to be all, you know, try existential here, but kind of that mindset of if people connected that to kind of how they spoke about the world, kind of how they connected to other people in the world, it might be a better place. And I think that's kind of why we see these so many deep connections because people are so easily emotive and connected to sports and music that it finds a way to bring people together in ways that other things don't. And I think college sports to kind of wrap it up is really a prime example of that of where you have so many people from different backgrounds, different ages, alumni from 
generations past to, like you said, the drunk college students who doesn't know what the heck they're doing. And they're all doing the same thing at the same time. It's just kind of a really cool part and something that I want to dive into as we go through this podcast, hopefully, of how those connections really bring people together when they're so far apart sometimes, if that made any sense. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about collegiate versus professional and growing up, I was never like huge into college sports by any means. Again, you know, I was a Notre Dame fan, but it wasn't like I was geared up every weekend to watch college football all day nonstop. I mean, college basketball. Yeah. Illinois was awesome with their team back in the day. D Brown Luther had uh, Williams and everything. That was the excitement around here. But it was mostly March Madness, you know, that I would be excited for. And it was all professional that I was so geared up with. And then obviously going to Nebraska where you're forced to be obsessed with it. Not that I wouldn't have anyways, but, you know, you have to be passionate about it and covering it and whatnot. As I become more and more of a sports better, you have to take your bias out of it. You have to take emotion out of it and bet against some of your favorite teams from time to time. So, like, for example, I said I grew up a diehard Cubs fan and, you know, I still am, but. The same passion as sad as it is, isn't necessarily there because, you know, I'll bet against the Cubs from time to time. I'll be realistic and say like, hey, I don't trust this team or, you know, I'm just not watching every game as much as I did. You know, same thing with the Bulls. Bears is a little bit different because, I mean, you know, it's not like as frequent of a game. And, you you know, I haven't seen success from the Bears since they went to the Super Bowl and lost because I saw the Cubs finally win a World Series. The Bulls, you know, they had the Derrick Rose years, which still was an absolute tease. And like, you know, I'm still (laughs) looking forward to the Bulls from this past season. But you know that they were going to be disappointing in the end, which they kind of were, but still hope to look forward to. Nevertheless, my main point being is that like, I think now uh, Nebraska is like my top team that I would that I'm like the most passionate about in the sense that like I'll still talk crap about them. I'll still fade them and whatnot. But there's more of that, you know, just I, I don't know. Connection. I, yeah, kind of right. Because it's like, you know, you went there, you paid money to go to that university <laughs> and like you have to back it up to your friends, you and all your friends most of the time are the same fans, right? I mean, like my friends and I all love the bears. We all love the bulls. Some love yeah. the Sox, some love the Cubs. And, but you know, not everybody loves Nebraska. They're going to give me crap for Nebraska because <laughs> they stink and rightfully so. So when they're good, I think it's even more passionate to get up on Saturdays and root for this Cornhusker team that, you know, still should be a bigger program and be better, but they're not, but it's just something there that just really intertwines you more so and gives you that love and affection for it a little bit more so than professional sports because you have that connection you know people always give other people crap when they say we when they're talking about a team it's like you don't play on the team and you know you can't say that for a college team but you went to the school there like that's your pride that's your team you contributed to that university in some kind of sense so it's just a different feeling there when you get connected with a certain theme song with you know just driving in random places and you see those stickers and you know you just have the chant like go big red is what it is for us you know someone said that to me when i wore nebraska gear at the arlington racetrack years ago i remember in chicago like just little stuff like that really connects you and music is a huge factor in that and that's why i think even collegiately is top of the game when it comes to just sporting events musically yeah exactly all right before we get you out of here dan play a game that everybody knows that we kind of add a little twist back in our days at beeson would you rather it's time for Would You Rather? ¿Qué prefieres? Would you rather be an athlete or top of the game musician? So originally, you know, I had to take a second to think about it, but then I kind of quickly came to my senses. And for me, it's definitely professional athlete because um, just, you know, 
Well, the argument you can make, I guess, first, the con is with, you know, being a top musician, you have, you know, a lot more longevity with your career, right? Um, so obviously you can sustain that for pretty much your whole life with being an athlete, not so much, but I think you get put on a little bit bigger stage as an athlete in the sense that, you know, people can be picky with music. You know, not everybody may know J Cole, but everybody knows LeBron James. Like if I asked my mom, one or the other, she would know LeBron. She would maybe know J Cole, probably not, you know, J Cole's one of my favorite rappers, but point being is that like, you know, you're more of a role model too, is, is, is an athlete. And I think that, it's easier for an athlete say to become a better musician than it is vice versa. Like Damian Lillard, for example, like after he retired, what if, you know, he could become, you know, somewhat of a decent musician, you know, Jay Cole's trying to do the opposite, but look, he's playing in the African league and, you know, he's not going to be a star in that league by any means. It's a great story. It's awesome. (laughs) Right. But it's so hard to just, you know, come out of nowhere and be an athlete. Like you have to be, in the top, whatever percent, you know, 1%, even less than that musician, you know, you can kind of get dumb lucky and just be at the top of the game, like a, you know, chief Keith, uh, you know, I don't know, just anybody who's making dumb rap, like a little pump, like stuff like that. And it's not to knock anybody in the music industry. It's just, oh, you can lock you know, a little pump. That's okay. Yeah. But it's just like to show that, like, if you're at the top of the game, athletically, you are just a different breed musically. Yes, you can be talented. You can experiment more. You know, you talk about DJs who can be successful. That's I'm not saying that's not talent, but in the sense of like, you know, that's different than someone who could just absolutely kill it on the piano or kill it on the saxophone. And those are the guys who are just absolutely incredible. I'm not saying you could translate to that, but if you're looking more hip hop or electronically, like Shaq's a DJ too, if you think about it, he does a lot of stuff like that. So I think if I was trying to do both and regardless of what I'd want to do and just a little bit more passionate about in terms of what I do personally, not like listening versus watching, but like playing one or the other, it's got to be sports for me. So I would choose athlete. You brought up some good points. I think my counter is just the longevity, right? So if you're a musician, mm-hmm. but you said that was a good key way of doing it where you said you can be an athlete and then you can be the musician after, like maybe that's what Dame Dollar does. Um, and Damian Lillard, you know, transitions to Dame Dollar. He can do that even if he's injured or if he's down for the season. But I think if, as a musician, you kind of have that longevity. And if maybe it's not something that you want more. Like you said, if you're a pro athlete, you're a lot more recognizable. You know, you could be a giant band like the Rolling Stones and people our age know who the Rolling Stones are, might be able to recognize Mick Jagger. But how many people know who Keith Richards is? You know, like right. maybe they'll know the name, but Keith Richards is a legendary guitarist and still lives on and his music lives on, but he might not get that facial recognition, which I mean, to me, it might be a good thing. Cause I think the way we're going in today's society of how, you know, social media and how recognizable people are and stuff that I kind of would like the, the money without the recognition to be able to go places and kind of have that low key That's where true. not many people recognize you, but you still have the access. You still have the funds to basically get exactly what you want and do what you want to do, but you don't yeah, have people harassing point. you all the time. Because you look at like basketball, right, where um, I'm trying to think just for instance, where somebody like Kelly Oubre, right, walks into a place. Everybody knows, even if they don't know, they know that he plays basketball. They know that he's somebody. You see how big he is. He's like, this guy's doing something. Yeah. Like, and even to his face is like more recognizable, right, where, of course, well, because he's really freaking pretty. But his face is so recognizable in a way that like a, the running back for the Bears, I guess right now, Tariq Cohen, solid career, right? He's a decent contributor he's got a helmet on he could walk wherever he wants even probably in parts of chicago no one's gonna know who he is you know so i think there's that twist and turn of which one is going to be less recognizable 
And I think because obviously if I was playing sports, I probably wouldn't be a football player. So it'd probably be like <laughs> basketball or something where you kind of have a little bit more of the detractors that go along with it. And like we've seen with Naomi Osaka, where the mental health part of it is maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more strenuous, where you have to answer questions all the time. You know, as a musician, right. you can kind of coast by yourself. Like you look at Frank Ocean, that guy's massive, supposed to headline Coachella. Maybe one day he finally will. But no one even talks to him. You can kind of decide your own fate, kind of do things as you wish, put your music out when you want. There's still, of course, the pressure of the label and trying to, you know, you have to get to that level before you can actually start deciding what you want to do. I think the way, even more so, just the connection that you get, you can reach a lot more people with music in a way that sports, you know, some people are so closed off to sports that they don't get those same connections. You know, Damian Lillard hits that shot where, you know, guys like you and I are always going to remember when he hit where we were when he, you know, hits that crazy shot against the Thunder or you kind of like spark back to those memories because of the crazy things he does. But that's such a small group of sports fans and even smaller group of like the Portland fans that were at the game, you know, if you're kind of like a middle tier musician, like take, for instance, Claro or something, right? Like she's a small indie artist getting bigger now but you can find those connection points so many places of random people and they just connect with you through the music of something that you made and people are singing back your own words to you that you wrote down in your room one night like that's insane to me that that feeling i can't even imagine like putting into words it's like people a whole crowd you know they're cheering for you when you hit a huge three like that must be amazing but that rush of these people are singing back something i created to me and like all connecting that way I think it's probably anything a lot of artists talk about, too, is like one of the peak feelings a human could ever feel. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably why I would lean musician. And also, too, when we lost this past year with COVID, when we didn't have sports for a while, where I thought like sports was always my number one. And then finally, like something took it away where we just like didn't have them kind of made me realize like, oh, music's always going to be there. Like through mm-hmm. everything, music is recession proof. It is, you know, the cure for when times are terrible. It is the thing people use to joyously celebrate when times are great. So I think I lean towards musician, but obviously it's a really, really hard choice. I'll take either one better than being the guy who, you know, so far sort of failed at both. And that's why we're talking about it (laughs) instead of actually doing it. That's right. No, you bring up an excellent point. I mean, especially the, the side of looking at how your lyrics can connect to someone and really, you know, it's corny, I guess to say, but people say, you know, like these lyrics save my life, you know, this guy's music saved my yeah, life. And that's sure. true. And I mean, you could say the same thing with an athlete in a sense, like looking up to people and just being a motivation tool, but it's a completely different animal with music. And yeah, I mean, having people sing back something you create, I mean, you nailed that. That's a good point. And then also just the sense of, I think you're right. Going where like, if, you're just going somewhere, maybe a random concert festival or just on the street, or you hear someone listening to an artist or a song that's kind of low key, or you play and someone goes, Oh, I love this song or this, or this, or that. You just get so excited and get you like, Oh really? And then you talk more about it. How'd you find this song? You listen to more of them, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, stuff around that with a shot. Like you said, Damian Lillard, you know, everybody saw that, you know, everybody, if they didn't, they're going to see it on Twitter. And it's cool to talk about when you're, you know, having a couple drinks with some buddies in the bar, but you're not having a full connection because it's not like a personal thing. In a sense, it's more like a, it was a big event that everybody knew about and saw versus, you know, a very personal connection with, you know, a song that relates to you and to this other person who you may or may not know. And then you kind of just connect with them more on a one on one basis. So I, I completely get your point. I just think for me at the end of the day, like what I would enjoy doing more so would probably be would still just be the athlete because of the bigger stage you're going to be on it because I just you know I play more sports than I do instruments personally like you know you know like 
I'm kind of someone and it's going to sound funny to say, like, you know, like, you know, me and my buddies, like, you know, we would always freestyle or like record a couple of raps, like any kind of dumb kids would do and stuff. And like, I always say though, too, I, I asked my friends this question. I was like, if you could do one thing in your life, you know, just pick it up and excel at it, what would it be? And I guess like maybe, you know, barring sports or maybe even included, I always go like, you know, be able to play the piano exceptionally well piano or like saxophone, I think would be unreal. And a lot of people think, Oh, what about guitar? But think about how unique it is. If you're, if you're at a party or something and there's just a, you know, a piano out there and you just go out there just absolutely whipping all these like nut nuts and tunes. And like from back in the day, like we had a friend who comes to our party sometimes we'll just do that. We're like, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, this is insane. I think that would be crazy. Like guitar, like, you know, a lot of people play guitar not everybody excels at it, of course, but you know, it's more rare to just see someone go on a piano and just <laughs> go on a piano and just absolutely nail it. I think that's one of the coolest things. If someone's really good at like playing the piano or the saxophone too, and can just do that whenever, like when I'm walking downtown, some people play it on the corners. I'm just like, dude, good for you. That's awesome. I love hearing that sound. So like, yeah, I mean, so I, I really get both sides at the end of the day, just a little bit more passionate about wanting to do personally uh, with playing the sports. But in terms of watching, though, slash watching, slash listening, I mean, I definitely listen to more music than I watch live sports. I will yeah. say that. True. I think that's a great point. Of, you know, people, if you're really good, people don't complain. So if you're really good at one of the two, one the more impressive things to pull out of a party is if you're really good at a mus- an instrument or singing or something musical is going to be a lot more impressive to the party. You're going to bring more to the party than if you're really good, you know, say there's a basketball shows up and you start playing some sport and you're really good. Like you're going to be more impressive if you're really good at the musical part. So I agree with you that that was a great point. All right, before we get out of here, Danny, you mentioned freestyle. I'm going to drop a beat for you real fast. (laughs) What's the topic? What's the topic? (laughs) Go on. That's for the, uh, that's the platinum version of the podcast. You got to subscribe to that. Yeah, you got to pay for that. Just the the lost tapes. Do you have a rapper name? Uh, no, not necessarily. Never. Yeah, I mean, like, Danny, I mean, Danny Burke's a, a solid rapper. Yeah, that's like bad. a classic. You know, like Sammy Adams type vibe, right. like white college <laughs> rapper. Like, really would have taken off. Plays some sorority functions. Exactly. Goes crazy. Go. Goes but on the tours just, in the summer. Yeah, people just call me D Burke growing up. That's like really the big nickname that I ever that I only had was D Burke. So maybe that, that sounds more like a DJ almost like DJ D Burke. Yeah, DJ D Burke. There you go. Next career path, baby. All right, hey, there's still time. We're still young. All right, we appreciate you joining this uh, first conversation with me, Danny. You can catch him on the Rush Hour on VSIN. If you're really into sports betting, this guy's one of the best up and coming. Catch him Monday through Friday on that show or bet on Chicago if you're in the great city, midway city of Chicago, the Windy City. Catch him there talking about his favorite teams that he likes to bet against because they all stink lately. But it's okay, <laughs> they'll, they'll bounce back. Cubs are in first place now. So thanks that's for right, baby. All right, that's Danny Burke. My name's Sean Cavanaugh. Thanks for listening to Cords and Courts. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.